Hey, hi, hello. I hope your mad cute self is ready for this week's episode. It's your girl, Talia Bree, your host, internet bestie, homegirl slash trusty sidekick. I created the mad cute podcast to chat about the real behind my highlight reel. The only fake thing around here are my lashes. So grab a snack or two or three and let's talk about some life shiz. Before we jump into today's episode, just a friendly daily reminder, you look mad cute today. I just want to start off this episode by saying if you're currently struggling with mental health, I just want to remind you that you matter, that you're mega important, and your existence makes a difference whether you see it or not right now. And you're a badass. You are constantly in battle with yourself, living in a body that is fighting to survive with a mind that is trying to die. That's some tough shiz. And if you're still here today, I love you and I'm hella proud of you. Let's jump into today's episode. Mental health has become such a huge problem, so huge that I honestly don't know if I can say I know someone who doesn't struggle with depression or anxiety or an eating disorder. The list goes on. Goes to show you that you're not alone in getting your ass kicked in the arena of life, am I right? But knowing that doesn't always help, does it? In today's episode, I'm going to invite you into my personal mental state and share some of my struggles with you. They say your mess is your message, so here's mine. The best way to describe my mental health is, well, a roller coaster. A roller coaster your parents bribed you with cash to get on. It cannot just be my parents that did this. But you get on and immediately you want off. I don't recall the moment I stepped onto this wild ride, but I've been fighting depression for years. I'm able to keep it under control for a good while, then life will throw me through a loop. And well, long story short, I'd like a refund on my ticket for the crappy ride, please. Let's rewind to the end of 2019 slash the beginning of 2020. I don't know if my depression had ever been as bad as it was during this time. I hit it pretty well, especially from social media. But behind my phone screen, I was a mess and not a hot one. I would cry on my bedroom floor for hours, Google ways to end my life, and dark thoughts clouded my mind no matter what I did. The YouTuber in me would pick up her phone and start recording when it got real bad. I'd set up my phone and click record just to simply talk, as if a friend was sitting there with me, just to listen. Maybe odd, but it honestly helped me calm down and get me out of my head for a period of time. Eventually, it got real bad and I knew I needed help. February 2020 was when I first started taking meds for my depression, and it was the best decision I have ever made. I like to call them my happy pills, and I can safely say they saved my life. For a while, all was good up in this brain of mine, but then summer 2020 came around and I decided to get a nose job. So my little booty made her way to Texas to get a rhinoplasty, something I thought I wanted for years, keyword, thought. Basically, my biggest regret in life, not gonna lie. Depression is actually a side effect of getting this surgery done if you know nothing about rhinoplasties. And I knew this going into it, but I shrugged it off because meds! I'm on meds. I thought, ah, it's got nothing on me. Depression? Screw you. You can't touch me. As you probably could have guessed, my depression didn't give two craps that I was on meds. And yup, threw me for a loop, or two. I would look in the mirror and be disgusted in myself. I'm sure you've been there once or twice. Maybe not under these exact circumstances, but self-love slash body image is another massive, crazy important topic that I'm going to get into in next week's episode. I'm just going to sprinkle in some of my rhinoplasty experience here since I want to cover most of it in the second episode. 
However, getting a nose job was one of the main events in my life last year that triggered my depression. I was mad at myself. I felt like a hypocrite because I always preach about loving yourself, insecurities and all. Yet here I was, fresh out of getting a surgery done for what I consider to be one of my so-called flaws and fully beating myself up for it. I didn't want to live with myself and I didn't want to have to deal with other people's opinions on my new nose, especially the negative ones. I can typically shrug off negativity quite easily, but this case was different because I was not a huge fan of my nose. I ended up posting the news about my procedure on Instagram, and although there was a lot of love, which I'm hella grateful for, the negative comments stood out like a sore thumb because of my mental state. As I was scrolling through the comments, I came across people calling me disgusting, mentally unstable, fake, the list goes on. I remember needing my best friend, so I messaged her to come over, and her angelic self came over, did not hesitate one bit, and stayed with me that night. I recall telling her that I was upset with where my life was at, devastated over my new nose, and I didn't want to be on this planet anymore. Nothing made me happy anymore, and I just wanted to go to sleep and never wake up. But I'm still here, talking to you, so what did I do during the darkest time of my life? I had to find something that made me excited again. Something that would make getting up in the morning worth it. So I spent all hours of every day for a good four to five months writing my very first ebook, Just Eat an Effing Burger. And man, let me tell ya, that truly kept me sane. I'll talk more about this in the next episode, but sheesh, write a book. Just do it. Even if it never sees the light of day, it's incredibly therapeutic. Highly recommend. So yeah, I wrote a book and I'm super proud of it. And to everyone who has read it, you know who you are. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I hope you love it as much as I do. Just eating Effing Burger, really, as dramatic as it may sound, gave me a reason to live for those four months, honestly. Which took me to October, where the roller coaster took another dip. Okay, maybe more of a big-ass drop. My depression didn't get any better Then December 24th came around, good old Christmas Eve, and I laid on my bed, crying to God, asking him to please take me away from here. And then my mom walked in, and my dad shortly after. My whole family has struggled with mental health, which in a twisted way I'm grateful for, because they get it. My dad sat down and told me that night that I needed something new in my routine, to find a new hobby or something of that sort. That's where Mad Cute comes in. If you don't know much about me, I own a clothing line. Ta clothing. It's my baby. I love it to pieces. So the entrepreneur, I cannot freaking say that word for my life, entrepreneur, part of mine, told me to create a new brand, Mad Cute Co. I have been wanting to do something beauty related for years now. And since it's really all about the eyes right now due to this pandemic and all the mask wearing, I thought lashes, something I personally use each and every time I do my makeup. Can't live without them. So I brainstormed for months, got super excited, and released the brand in March. Again, special shout out to everyone that has shown nothing but love towards Mad Cute Co. Y'all are superstars. I love you to bits. So that leads us to now. The big question. How is Talia's mental health in this very moment? She's content. I'm taking life day by day because if I think too far ahead, I set myself up for a whole lot of unnecessary stress and sadness. And we ain't on that energy this year. Nuh-uh, girl. Setting myself for healed pretty girl summer, you know what I mean? I think finding something new to do to spice up your life is a great place to start in finding joy again. 
Every brain is so different, so there's not a cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all answer to finding the light at the end of the mental illness tunnel. But please do not be scared to reach out for help. Don't wait until it's so-called bad enough or for the timing to be right, because there's no such thing. I'm human. I'm going to have crap days. You too are going to have crap days. And you know what? Future Talia, this is for you. I'm not going to be my biggest bully on those days, and neither should you. I'm always pushing myself to feel better when I just want to freely be sad in that moment. From here on out, whenever I'm down in the dumps, I'm visioning myself as a Disney princess who is just in a sad part of her movie. All will be okay in the next scene. My life is a blessed mess, and I'm constantly learning to be okay with that. Because the crappy days make the not-so-crappy days 110 times better. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to ask for help. And guess what? If you aren't okay right now, that's also okay. You are not obligated to be perfectly fine. And that's, yup, you guessed it, perfectly fine. Not being alright does not make you a negative Nancy. It makes you human. Regardless of if you're religious or not, can I pray for you real quick? God, I pray for the mad cute human out there listening to this podcast. I know they may be hurting right now. Maybe they're not sure of what they want out of life or who they want to be. Maybe they're overwhelmed and they just want to feel like the whole world isn't against them, Lord. I pray that you help them find that feeling again. The feeling of happiness, importance, inner peace. The feeling of simply being okay. I pray you open their eyes to the fact that that feeling never really left. That it's still there waiting for the only person who can find it again. Themselves. I pray you renew their minds so they can experience life the way you created it to be God. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want to get into some of your questions. I picked my top 10 and I'm going to answer them. So let's do this. Number one, what is the best way to deal with a mental health day? Like I said before, there's no cookie cutter answer to this question, but you can try these. They personally help me. You could cook or bake your favorite food. Escape the world for a little bit by listening to a podcast or reading a book. The best self book is my personal fave. Move your body. Try going for a walk or doing a quick 10-minute workout. Working out helps me a whole lot. Take a social media break. Vent to someone you feel comfy enough to do so with. Create a playlist for when you feel down and when those days hit. Dance like nobody is watching in your room. Would highly recommend this one. Write in a journal. I do this one a lot. Pet a puppy. Draw. Clean up a little bit. Treat yourself. My shoe obsession loves this one. Treating yourself doesn't necessarily mean buying yourself anything either. It can simply be using a face mask or allowing yourself to stay in your bed a little longer because you deserve it. Even if you don't feel like it, hang out with a friend. It's important to not be alone with your thoughts. Even if you don't feel like seeing someone, you may feel a little better after being in their company. It's okay from time to time to be by yourself. It's sometimes much needed. But if you're hella introverted like me, you may want to get out there and see a friend. And most importantly, be freaking kind to yourself, okay? Be kind to yourself all the time, but especially on mental health days. Question number two, what's your motivation for waking up every day? I personally find that having a routine really helps. I wake up, work out so that my mood is instantly boosted. Also, I prefer working out in the morning because then your body doesn't realize what the frick it's doing yet. It's great. Then I have a coffee, aka the highlight of my day, some breakfast, and boom, I'm ready for the day. Question number three, how do you deal with a burnout? I make a list. Whether it's physical or mental, I brainstorm all the things I feel are causing me to burn out, 
and get rid of those things. I also feel like traveling really helps and that doesn't really help in this situation because of the pandemic. But when things go back to normal, highly recommend taking a trip, especially somewhere you've never been before. Which leads me to the next question. Question number four, why was it important for you to quit YouTube for a while? YouTube was one of the things that was burning me out. It just was not as fun for me anymore, and I was constantly feeling burnt out no matter what I did. I tried multiple things, skipping a week of posting or two, tried different content, took a trip to Miami, which is why I brought up taking a trip. Miami is definitely one of my new favorite places ever. I think I went for about two weeks, and I was super pumped to film all over again. Like That place just healed me, man. If you live in Florida, I'm very jealous. So YouTube, it had to go at least for a little while. I haven't jumped back into it yet, but I do plan to film more in the future. Question number five, how necessary do you think it is to cry once in a while? So necessary. Crying is underrated. When we cry, we actually relieve our body of toxins and hormones that play a role in our elevated stress levels, if you didn't know. So join the crybaby club. We have cookies. Question number six, Why do we sometimes feel down when there's no reason to feel down? Me! Oh my gosh. Heavily relate to this. It's super frustrating when you can't find a reason as to why you are depressed. There are numerous reasons for depression. Stressful life events, past events, medication, hormones, brain chemicals, your inner critic, loneliness, comparison, the weather. Like, sheesh, can we catch a break? I'd give the checklist I put together in the first question a go, but yeah, feeling down and having no reason behind it, it's the worst. Question number seven, what do you do to get rid of intrusive thoughts? Two words, motivational quotes. They are superior. If you follow me on Instagram at Taliabri, you already know I post quotes to my stories nearly every day. Also music. If you're ever in need of some bobs, search up your girl on Spotify at T-A-L-C-R-A-W. Talcraw. I got you. Question number eight. I'm the helpful friend, and I often find my friend's problems take a bit of a toll on my mental well-being. Advice? I would be completely honest with them. Just kindly let them know that you're not in a place to be able to carry a heavy load today. It's important to, number one, be honest in a relationship. And number two, have boundaries. Have limits on how far your support can hold up. Certain topics can be triggering and or uncomfortable, and it's more than okay to let your friends know that you'd appreciate if you didn't chat about those topics. And if they need support in that certain area, it's best to seek it elsewhere for the both of you. Your limits too can be time-based rather than topic-based. You could simply say, hey, I'd love to be here for you. I just need this topic of conversation to be 10 minutes today. And then afterwards, you can carry on to find another subject or activity. You can also try listening without trying to fix anything. Oftentimes, we want to jump in and play the superhero role in our friends' and family's lives, but sometimes that's not necessary. I know when I'm sad, I just need someone to vent to without any judgment. I don't need a solution. Another great thing to do is to help them find resources. Connect them with mental health professionals. They don't mean to drag your vibe down, so don't be afraid to fill them in on how you're feeling. Honesty is something I truly appreciate, and being clear with your friend will help the both of you. It shows that you respect yourself, and they need to respect you too. In addition to that, if you feel that they don't respect your boundaries, it's okay to remove that person from your life. It's a hell of a lot easier said than done, I know, but your mental health is also mega important. 
Question number nine, how to help a loved one when you don't personally struggle with mental health? Such a good question. If a loved one is struggling with their mental health and you're unsure of how to help, treat them as if they are sick with the flu. My mom told me that once. Just show them a whole lot of love and be patient with them. Listen to them, offer your help on certain tasks that they may not be able to take on at the moment, like house chores or something on their to-do list. You can encourage them to get help, which can be a touchy subject to bring up. Just mention that you see they are struggling and you hate to see someone you love in pain. Remind them they deserve happiness and health. If they're hesitant to see a therapist, (laughs) me, I recommend offering them the book I previously mentioned, The Best Self Book. I promise this isn't sponsored. I'm just a big Mike fan. Don't mind me. It's an incredible book. Basically a therapist in book form. And it has activities throughout the whole thing. It's mwah, chef's kiss. It doesn't hurt to do some education on depression as well. You certainly do not have to be an expert, but learning a little more about it can help you understand what's going on with your loved one. Especially because there are so many different types of depression. For example, seasonal depression, situational depression, bipolar disorder, postpartum depression, major depressive disorder, and so on. And don't be afraid to ask questions. Ask your loved one what they need. The best possible thing you can do is truly just make sure that they know they are loved and cared about by you. Question number 10. How does a big following affect your mental health? Oof, solid question. Social media definitely takes a toll on one's mental health, and I'm sure you could guess body image as well. A huge misconception about influencers is that it's an easy job, and believe it or not, it really isn't. Influencers put hours and hours into their content, and some even have a working job on the side to support themselves. When I was doing YouTube, I would pull all-nighters often daily. I'd stay up till 7am putting together a video, getting an IG post ready, and an IG story teaser clip set for my upcoming YouTube video. Content creation is a form of self-expression and should feel exciting and empowering, but with a whole lot of eyes on you and a great amount of opinions, and a crap ton of expectations, the fun in content creating can die real fast. On top of that, you're constantly comparing your engagement to others and determining your level of worth with that. The anxiety in post-performance is out of this world. I hate when I catch myself falling into this trap, and it's hard not to. I can tell myself all day long that likes and comments don't matter, but when your income comes from brand deals, well, it simply does matter. Brands look at numbers and your engagement, and if it's not up to standard, you're not getting the deals and you're not getting paid. You also experience a whole lot of bored, jealous, and miserable people. Name-calling, threats, explicit images sent through DM that I don't recall asking for, people using your images to catfish others, and we are all familiar with cancel culture. When I preach about not tying your worth to likes and not comparing yourself to others on the gram, Well, I'm really talking to myself as well. There's always those few crab apples under my posts that like to call me a hypocrite because my job is, well, social media, but I think that's pretty Dana relevant. I'm still a human being behind my screen, and I too compare my life to others even though I'm fully aware that social media is just one big highlight reel. Lately, I have been determining my worth by my engagement if I'm being completely honest, and I hate that BS. I hate the way it makes me feel, and it sure as hell does not do any good for my mental health. And I don't want my internet family to feel down because someone on their feed is doing big things, or their selfie didn't get 100 likes, 
or they decide not to post their bomb ass selfie altogether because they saw a photo of a pretty human on their timeline. So I'm going to continue to remind your Mac cute self and myself that you're a freaking star. That pretty human on your timeline? She's the moon. And you, you're the sun. Both incredibly pretty and you both shine at your own time. Incredibly cheese balls, but it's true. It's tricky because social media is also super cool. You can follow and talk to a lot of super rad human beings on there. Follow accounts with pretty pictures, positive quotes, uplifting body image posts, and a whole lot more. It's bittersweet for sure. My goal with social media is not to use it to impress people, but to impact people. I just want a whole bunch of internet besties that I can hype up anytime I get the chance. My favorite sentence to ever hear is, I'm proud of you. And I've been blessed with a large following that I can tell that to whenever I feel called to. It's pretty dang awesome. And that brings us to the end of the first episode of the Mag You Podcast. Wild! Thank you so much for listening to me ramble. Your time is precious and I appreciate you spending some of it on me. Also, can I just say your strength is admirable? The fact that you may be going through hell right now, yet you woke up today and you're still trying? Such a badass angel. I'm proud of you. Smile, drink some water, have a bowl of Fruit Loops, try something new, talk to yourself like you would talk to someone you love. Don't let mean people mess with your dope-ass energy. And spread a little love and kindness today. We're all going through some life shiz. And I'll talk to your mad cute self in the next episode. Au revoir!